I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Friday episode. Today, we're so thankful to have Dennis Nelson on, owner of Pause In, to discuss a little bit about how his business has been impacted with COVID and a really neat project that he's been working on for uh, some time now. Dennis, again, thank you so much for coming on. Please introduce yourself to our audience and tell us about uh, who you are and what you do. Thanks, Colin. So, yeah, as you said, I'm, I'm, I'm Dennis Nelson. Um, you know, I'm the proud uh, pet parent of a four-year-old German Shepherd and five-year-old uh, Tuxedo Kitty. You know, I've been I've been the owner of Paws in Chelsea, which is a uh, pet hotel doggy daycare in Manhattan, um, and a uh, doggy daycare in Weehawken in New Jersey uh, for the last four years. And you know, I've been I've, I've been toying and toying with this project called Paws in uh, to kind of try and improve the. The, the pet owner's landscape and access to pet service providers, which is kind of, you know, why you and I are speaking, I suppose. So uh, tell us a little bit more about Paws in Chelsea and PI Paws. Sure. So Paws in Chelsea is um, is a business that was that was founded by a, a lady called Sherry Field in, in 1993. Uh, she used to be, you know, a, a vet tech or a vet assistant in, in Manhattan. And she... You know, she she figured that the landscape for pet care in the city in, in in New York was was a little rough. Let's say, you know, they didn't have uh, necessarily the the same sort of daycare facilities that that we now kind of take for granted, where you know dogs kind of play during the day while while their owners and parents are are at work. And and for the most part, uh, any boarding or or at that, that point, you know, they kind of call them kennels, and I, I guess they still broadly do. Uh, any kennel facilities were all in uh, crates or cages uh, for the individual pet. And she uh, figured that she could improve that in a way that would effectively allow the the pets and the dogs that were, you know, in a unit together in a, in a playroom together during the day and, and happened to be staying the night, you know, they, they, they were okay together, you know, their behavior was good and, and they could actually kind of get put up and, and, and sleep together in the same room. You put, you put beds and, and blankets down and, and, and they would all kind of hang out together in the room so that it was it was a much warmer and more friendly environment. You know, and she she ran that business for for, for, for 20 odd years. Uh, she she then uh, expanded it to a second one in Soho in New York. Um, and then, at, you know, it, um, I won't mention her age, but, then, you know, at, at some point she decided to to retire and started looking for someone to kind of take over the businesses. From her, uh, and that's kind of where I—that's where I came in. That's where my adventure as a pet sitter, pet care provider, started. You know, I was—I was an investment banker for, for ten years prior to that. I'd always loved pets. Had never really understood how I could have a dog, uh, given uh, the job that I had, the hours that I worked, um, and the typically the the, the the dense urban centers that I lived in. Um, so you know, sometimes my friends or my wife joke that I bought a I bought a, a pet hotel daycare so that I could have a dog. Um, I think that's, <laughs> that's probably putting too much putting too much credit to my to my bank balance, you know, or or to my uh, to my finance. You know, I wanted to learn. Um, I wanted to learn from her. I, I did not know how to run a business to begin with. And I, I particularly specifically did not know necessarily the best practices of 
of how to run a pet care business. Um, so one of my conditions on taking the business over from her was that she had to stay on for, for nine months to help teach me. Um, and I think that was a, that was a great point that we, that we agreed on because she, you know, this was her, this was her love child, her love interest. And, you know, she, she and I still speak regularly five years later. Um, and given the, the, the current situation, you know, she's as concerned about the business as, as before she found the right person to, to, to buy it from. So it's, 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 that's, that's kind of how it started. You know, Port Imperial Pauses was, was a different owner. Uh, it was a, a couple of, of, of friends. Uh, they, they built that in, in 2009. And I bought the business probably about a year after I bought Pause in Chelsea. Again, they, they gave me financing. They, they were both pregnant at the time. So they, they, were, they were looking for a quick exit. Um, they, they didn't have that many people interested to buy the, the place. So I kind of got a good deal on that as well. Because I told them the, the number that I'd, that I'd give to them. They couldn't find anyone to beat it. And then it was getting closer and closer to due date. So they kind of said, okay, well, uh, we'll sell it to you. And it's been, you know, it's been a blessing. Both businesses have been a blessing for so many reasons. That's fascinating. I love hearing that, that, you know, you had this passion and you just were looking for some way to be involved. And I can't imagine that transition of not having, not knowing how to run a business, let alone a pet care business, and then winding, you know, and then having two of them within the span of a couple of years. And so what was going through your mind through that transition period? What was that like for you? I couldn't possibly tell you what was going through my mind other than kind of grit your teeth and determination. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, right? You know, there's, there's, there is just for starters, typically when you kind of come into a business new, there will be change in the team, right? There are a lot of people that get accustomed to a certain management style. And that's not for better or for worse. It's just, you know, people are used to a certain manager and, and how they kind of interact with, with the team. And yeah, a, a new owner or a new, a new kind of uh, boss effectively comes in and, you know, I was trying to, I was probably soft, to be honest. I was probably soft um, because I didn't, as, as, as I said before, I didn't necessarily know how to run a business. You know, I was, I was focused on, on learning. You know, I was entirely hands-on, right? So I put myself into the shift, right? I, I, I worked I work the overnight shift. I worked the, uh, the, the handler shift. I worked the receptionist shift. I was, I was really just trying to, to learn, um, learn what was necessary to, to, to really just get to grips with, with what is needed, right? You know, and that was different to, the, to, to both previous owners at the time. And I'm sure that they both did their time at the beginning of, the, of, of when they built their businesses. Um, but perhaps the team that had, um, they had put in place, you know, because there is normal attrition, the, the team that was in place uh, closer to the, the end of their tenor, um, were used to, to bosses that kind of were a little more hands off and entrusted them. You know, I, I was in there doing what I was told and then asking why we had to do certain things, certain ways, just, just to learn, you know, and that isn't necessarily a, a comfortable place for, for people to be in having to answer questions on everything you're doing. Um, and that, you know, that led to, that led to a fair amount of team changeover. And, you know, as, as a, as a small business owner, if, if you are short staffed, you know, 
it, it falls on you to to pick up those hours to pick up those shifts so you know i think there was there was a time about a year into my first in, into pause in chelsea where um there was a two there was two days where i had zero help you know so i was running the reception i was running the dog handling and the overnight back to back for for 48 hours um so that was crazy and you know as it, beginning of your question what are you thinking during that time you know the thinking is did i give up my cushy cushy investment banking job for for, for the right reason and you know ne- never really never really doubted that, that it was the right reason i have i was happy to i was happy to do it then i was happy to take let's call it the learning rather than the hardship um because i knew it was for the right reason before covid what kind of services were you offering? we did dog grooming cat grooming doggy daycare, dog boarding, cat boarding, uh, dog walks from our facility, dog walks from our customers' homes. That's quite a lot going on there. That's one of the stores, yeah. Um, the, 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 the other store, the one in we, we Hawken, we don't do cats. We don't deal with cats. We just, the owners never built the infrastructure for the cats. In Chelsea, we have, we have a dedicated cat area and cat room. What's it like keeping all that organized? If you have the right people that love what they do, and a strong sense of training and systems and organization, it's okay. I, you know, one of the places that I borrowed money to to take the business over was actually from a gentleman that, that, you know, does retail operations. And he came to, to, to look at the store to try and give me any sort of advice. And it terrified him. He was very scared of kind of everything that it takes because as as I'm sure you and, and and your listeners are very very well aware, you know every single um, pet that we are caring for, you know, can and and likely will have specific instructions of how to look after them. Whether that's you know eating schedule, medication schedule, walk schedule, there is a lot, right? So you just have to kind of understand what the the base parameters are, and you know compassionately work around them. So. What's 2020 been like for you and your team at your businesses? Um, it has been a challenge, a, a very large challenge. You know, my focus has been on trying to keep my team positive and motivated and, and enthusiastic about the future. You know, I am trying to uh, maintain their morale, you know, for want of a better word, um, because I know it's difficult for everyone. You know, specifically, uh, March was 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 terrible from a business perspective. You know, it, our, both businesses have, have effectively been decimated. You know, I know there's there's talk of restaurants and things like that taking fifty percent reductions in sales and stuff like that. I'm I'm closer to ninety five percent reduction, um, and I actually so I, I closed my New Jersey store um, at the end of March. I kept my Chelsea store open because we we actually still had pets whose owners couldn't come back into the city to uh, take them. You know, a few of them were still abroad, so I kept I kept daycare and, and hotel side of it open. But I mean, you know, we if if I'm normally running at anywhere from forty to sixty pets per day at each store, I was running in. At the end of at the end of March, at about you know three to four, 
And, you know, I, I have now reopened my, my Jersey store and we're kind of on the same number. Uh, but the reason I reopened was a couple of my team members weren't able to get their unemployment benefits sorted for, you know, typically for reasons of either identity theft or benefits associated with uh, certain disabilities. So I, I kept them on my payroll. So, you know, we had the conversation that, you know, initially we, we closed uh, to avoid the, the spread of COVID, um, but they were both comfortable that if we were able to kind of put together a system of, of operating that wouldn't expose them, that they were happy to go back to work, if not just to get out of the house and play with the dog. So I actually have two team members, you know, who want, they each take the, either the morning shift or the afternoon shift, Monday to Friday. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's decimated the business. I, I can't imagine having to to work through that, especially with all these different locations and stores and the, and the number of team members that you're that you have here. What was their response through that as as the changes came in and as um you, you know everybody was having to adapt? So we have, um, as I'm sure you know, most other businesses have. We 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 have group chats that we can try to communicate as much as possible. You know, at, at the beginning in March. You know, a lot of restaurants started to shut and fire people. So, you know, there were, there were rumors and, and people wondering what was going to happen to them. I tried to tell them that I would hold on as much as possible. You know, I, I could see that the, set, that the number of dogs that were coming through were not enough to kind of break even and cover their, their payroll. Um, but I told them I'd do, I'd do my best. Then there was conversation around the, the government kind of stepping in to, to help small businesses. And that actually there would be additional incentives or additional support for those that uh, were were put on unemployment. So, you know, a lot of the team actually asked to go on unemployment to get those extra benefits because they weren't getting the same amount of hours as they previously were. So, so you know, of, of my team in total across the two businesses of, of about 28 people, I think all but five went on unemployment. And I think... I, I think their concern really just comes comes down to whether or not they're going to have a job to come back to, um, you know, because I mean, especially the, the business in New York in Chelsea, you know, rent is rent is brutal. So, you know, and my landlord has not has not given me you know official support. And of course, you know, there, there have been other measures of support, you know, the, the, the New York state postponed uh, sales tax collection, which helped a lot. You know, it helped in that first month, and the PPP loans helped eventually when they came through. You know, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get it in the first round, um, but I did, I did in the second. What's been the response of your clients in the community in your areas? Um, you know, I don't want to put anything against my clients. You know, they they are supportive in the way that they can be. You know, I I would never want to or expect them to do more than they they have to or need to. You know. At the beginning, we we actually had a small handful of clients who you know went beyond the necessary and, and, and bought packs. Right, they bought daycare packs, they bought boarding packs uh, to try and kind of help with our cash flow. Um, I stopped them doing that at some point uh, just because it was getting to the point where you know I didn't want them to be putting into my, put, putting in money in something that I couldn't promise that. You know, I would have a business there to to kind of repay them for that. You know, I, I, I kind of told everyone that if you buy packs now, you will have unlimited time to use them, whereas typically they will expire anywhere from three to, to 12 months. 
you know, there, there were people that were, there were clients that were posting support online, uh, on Instagram, things like that. But, you know, again, it's, every, every, everyone's going through this in, in, in their own ways and with their own uh, challenges. So you know, I, I don't, I don't want to expect anything of clients, right? People are stuck at home. People don't necessarily have job security. So, you know, I, I would not expect them to be paying for services that, that they don't need right now and today. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's always one of those, it's, it's never expected. It's always a pleasant surprise when, when exactly. clients do, do support you. And it's, it's, as you said, it's not a knock against those who, who didn't or weren't able to or anything like that, because it's not expected. And it's always nice whenever, when somebody does, and that's not to, as you said, to discount people who either didn't say anything or weren't able to or anything like that. It's just, some some help and some aren't able to and that's okay and as a business owner that's a that's where our mindsets need to be and that that's kind of hard of like oh i was always there for you doing all these services and now i really need you it's well that's not how this street works most <laughs> most of the time we just need to be thankful for those wonderful ones that are there exactly and you know it's it's one of those things that i've thought a lot about to myself right there's you need to be comfortable with with the service that you're offering or whatever you're doing in your life as a, as a business owner, as a professional, or as a friend or family member, that, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons and with, with effectively love in your heart. And that, you know, there is no expectation of reward, you know, in the future, right? So uh, specifically what I, what I can refer to here is I mentioned that there were, there were a couple of team members that weren't able to get their unemployment benefits and you know, even though I was closed, I, I was not going to leave them out to dry, right? I was not going to leave them out to dry. You know, even though they weren't working, we were closed. I, I'm not going to let them go hungry. I'm not going to let them stress if I, if I can. You know, and then the, the question then you have to kind of present to yourself is, if, if these team members, you know, when the environment turns, economy recovers, you know, if they are to up and leave, they get a better job, you know, am I going to feel hurt by the fact that they have kind of tried to, or they have found an opportunity that at that point in time gives them something that I'm not giving them, even though I help them in this, this tough time. I, I can't think that way, right? I, I need to think that what I'm doing right now today is, is for the right reason. And, you know, I expect nothing of it in the future. And that's, you know, the same with the clients and the customers. You know, I, I can't think that I was, I was here for them and therefore they should be here for me. You know, ultimately we are, we're in this together and, and, and in the past we, we, we were both benefiting from the situation. Um, so I do, I, I don't expect, as you said, it's an, it's a nice surprise. And, and when those, when those packs were being bought by those handful of people, you know, I, I had my heart in my mouth. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it can be emotional when you get that sort of you know, pleasant surprise and, 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 and show of love. Thinking back over the last couple months, I was curious about what, what are some lessons that you're taking from COVID, whether that's personally or for your business? Is a good question. I don't, I don't know necessarily the answer to that question, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I, think, I, think, I think we took a lot for granted. You know, I, I think that's that's the only lesson I can take. And, and and how do you apply that lesson across it? You know, is is it about, you know, keeping more cash in the company account? Is it about having a smaller team or or or, or not making promises that you can't keep? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, to be honest. Yeah, and you said like 
not taking things for granted, that can work itself out in so many different ways. And I think as we look to what this recovery is going to be like, we can is where we're really going to start seeing how those lessons apply or where some things are going to start bubbling up. We're still really kind of in the thick of it. And it's it's so hard to really see where the past fits in moving forward. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Shifting gears a little bit. Uh, you have started a project that I, I find really interesting and I want to know a lot more about. So <laughs> tell us more about Pause In and, and where the idea for it came from. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this is something that I've been excited for a number of years now. Um, and, um, you know, it, it took me a while to, to, to start the project and it's taken me a while to kind of grow the project. But effectively, Pause In, Pause In was intended to be a or is intended to be a platform that is all-encompassing for all pet service providers um, and a place where you know, pet, pet parents can really educate themselves and inform themselves about the, the pet service providers around them. Now, where did this come from? This came from a little, I, I, guess, I guess, from frustration. You know, I, I, I would hate to, to say that, that this came from a bad place, but we, we as pet service providers are typically limited to a, to a number of, of, of places of, of acquiring customers. Uh, and you mentioned some of them in, in, your, uh, in your common client questions uh, episode. You know, it's, it's, it's WAG, it's Rover, it's, it's, it's Yelp, it's Care.com. And I, and I feel that, you know, all of those have certain pitfalls that are easily manageable. And most of these pitfalls come from the business either needing to cover costs to, of, of the services that they're trying to provide or trying to make money out of the situation. And this is, you know, if, if frustrated, that, I, I guess that latter part is what frustrated me that, you know, I would love to see a situation where pet parents could, you know, make an informed decision based on available information without having to worry about the money of it, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, whether it's WAG or over, you know, they either fix the fees or take a large percentage, whether that's 40 to 50%, you know, across the customer and the service provider, or, or even kind of restricting um, the people, you know, if you're, if you're a professional establishment, I'm not listing on WAG. And I had a lot of dog walkers who, you know, would walk their clients' dogs to my daycare and then pick them up as well. And I, and I often asked them, I was like, do you use WAG? Do you use Rover? And they said, no, because, you know, I want to set my own prices and they take so much of my margin. And that got me to thinking that, you know, the, the people who are going on to these service providers, and I don't mean the, the pet service providers, I mean the customers, you know, they are missing out on a lot of these uh, effectively career professionals who don't see the value of these platforms for the customer acquisition. So, you know, so does that then mean that, who, who does that then mean is listing on WAG or Rover? And again, this is, not, this is not a shot at the people who do list on them. But I would love to provide a platform for exactly all of those people and, and not take the money out of their pocket, right? We, we all make you know, way too little already for, for, for what we do and, and the responsibilities that we take. You know, so I just wanted to create a platform that enabled everyone to list, list for free, speak to the people that they want to speak to. You know, I, I will not stop the communication between a pet owner and, and a potential service provider. 
And, you know, I'm happy for those people to, to organize the booking and, and pay for the booking off my platform. I don't need to capture any of the economics. And, the econo- and you know, if you do choose to pay, pay by card on my platform, you know, I, the platform is set at $199 plus 3%. The 3% is effectively just the pass-through of the credit card charge. And the $199 is intended to cover the, the cost of me, you know, writing a check, you know, for that payment. It's, it's really intended to be a, a easy to use free alternative to these other platforms. Yeah, because I think of the number of pet sitters just in my area, so I can't imagine what it's like in, in the New York area of, and other areas around the country of people who aren't listed on any service, that the only way you find out about them are word of mouth. And to help elevate those services because they are career professionals, they're providing excellent service and getting them connected with more customers is a, is a, is a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, right. You know, I, on the, on the pause in Instagram account, I now have, it's something I take pride in. It's a little silly, you know, people will probably look at it as a marketing ploy, but I, I am now following 1,423 people, probably 1,400 of those are, are pet sitters or pet, pet professionals. And I've looked at every single one of those profiles and it's amazing to me, you know, the number of people that are out there just taking pictures and loving animals. Um, it's crazy. It's, you know, if you multiply five pictures times, you know, 1,400 professionals, we're at 7,000, 7,000 photos of, of pets that I've kind of looked at and like. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of these people are, you know, are trying to find a place to promote themselves, right? Whether it's Instagram and they have 50 followers or you know, it's very difficult for people to kind of promote themselves on 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 Google or Facebook or or even Yelp just because of the the, the density, right? So my idea here is to try and kind of pull all of that out in a very easy to use manner. You know, I, I don't want to introduce the hurdles of creating accounts of registering emails because a lot of these hurdles turn people away, right? And I don't want to necessarily, you know, yeah, I I don't want to kind of walk into the trap of of filtering service providers either you know my intention you know again as 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 you were kind of talking about in your common uh, your common client questions is I, I want you guys to to differentiate yourselves whether it's through through bonding whether it's through uh, the training and certification you've taken what experience do you have with medication you know what are your services and what do you charge you know to me it's on on the service provider to you know, show why they are the, the best. And, and to me, the care that they will, they will put in their profile will shine through in terms of the care that they give to the animals. That is something I feel will differentiate them. And, and, and to me, means that I don't necessarily need to be kind of background checking or anything like that because I, I don't want to do that and have to then charge people the money that everyone else is charging. You know, that's, that's the critical difference. Well, sure, because most of that process is already taking place on a smaller scale. And it sounds like all Pause In is doing is getting it a little bit more more exposure and then putting it on the pet care provider and the pet owner to handle the rest, handle the exactly. meet handle the, the processing of payments, handle the transaction of paperwork and all that stuff, and just leaving them to it. Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, I'm... I mean, I, I'm I'm a cheap matchmaker. <laughs> so, 
I, I am curious, what is the connection, if any, between uh, com and the, the physical locations that you run? That's a great question. And, 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 I could, and, and I could answer that question in a variety of ways. Legally, none. Morally, a lot. Right? The, it's, it's what I learned from pausing the brick and mortar was that there are so many pet care providers out there and so many of them who, who, who love what they do and who aren't necessarily finding the right attention or getting the right attention through word of mouth and not wanting to uh, give up their, you know, big portions of their, their livelihood to the existing platform. You know, and, and to me, that, that hurt, right? That was frustrating to see that situation. You know, I, from, from, from the developers that, that I worked with to, to, to build the platform, they, they often ask, you know, are you going to guarantee bookings if, if someone cancels them? And I said, no, look, you know, if someone in New York or someone in New Jersey has had a canceled booking by someone else, I will more than, more than happily extend, you know, my, my personal facilities if, if they need it, right? But that's not the point of the platform. The platform is to provide a, a marketplace, a meeting place for the, for the pet service providers and, and, and the professionals. You know, in theory, my two stores are just two other pet service providers listed on the platform. Right, because this is not a New York, New Jersey specific listing service. This is the idea for this is to be a nationwide listing service. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we, we you know, we're, we're still small. We're still very small. You know, but I, I do have I do have service providers listed across a number of states. You know, I I have recently been trying to to gain traction here in in California in Southern California. We actually had a couple of marketing events that were that had to be postponed because of the, the COVID situation. Um, but I do hope to create some traction here in Southern California. I think that's the that's going to become the the strategy, right, is to draw attention to the, the platform amongst service providers. Because once I then have a critical mass, and it doesn't have to be a big number, um, you know, even if I have a small handful of, of service providers, I, I can then start my uh, search engine optimization and marketing strategy to promote the business in those areas. Because right now, you know, if I have two, two providers on the East Coast, you know, five providers, you know, in, in some of the, the, the northern states and, you know, six providers. Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are, but uh, on the West Coast, it's very difficult for me to effectively market and bring attention to the service providers, which is my, which is ultimately my goal. That's one question that I had of what kind of promotion or SEO is going on behind the scenes with the development team. Uh, for for the for the the platform of Pausian, because I know that is something that a lot of small business owners, especially in pet care, struggle with mightily is is how to get their name out there. Yeah, and I'm not the genius in that, right? I'm not I'm not the expert in marketing by any means. Um, there are people who have been doing this business a lot longer than me who will have a lot more experience. You know, the, the intention again really really is around creating a uh, certain basis of of service providing and, and, and pushing, pushing that out, whether it's, you know, there, there are so many filters through, through social media that you can apply to, to make the dollars that you spend as effective as possible, whether it's through, you know, demographic analysis, whether it's through uh, geographic restrictions. And I've, and I've been doing that in, in a small part, but again, you know, when, once we have that critical mass, that, that will increase. And my intention had always been actually to, 
you know, use some of the money that I can that I can make myself from, from my existing physical businesses and kind of put that to grow this this business out until it's a little more self-sufficient. Now on the on the money side, I, I know you've touched on it a little bit here, but is there ever a a, a way forward where you would see pause in costing money or or taking a cut of services other than the the, what you've discussed as far as for processing payments? No, I mean, you know, it's not, uh, I don't want to throw that out and be blase about it. It's, it would defeat the purpose of what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, and I don't, I don't want to pretend to be an ultimate philanthropic hero, however, however you might say it. Um, but, the, you know, the, the idea of this has to, has to remain that it, it is a platform where people can, can can list their services for free, interact with people for free, and there are other ways. There are always other ways that you can try to pick up uh, some financing to help support the business if necessary. You know whether that's through through advertising, and it doesn't necessarily have to be be paid for advertising. So, for example, Yelp. You know you can you can sponsor your post. Google. You can sponsor your post so that it that it shows higher in search results. Now, potentially that that's an avenue, but I don't really want to go down that avenue. You know, you can also have product placement, right? Now I could in theory in the future attach a, a, a marketplace tab where, where people can buy and sell products, or I can, I can have other retailers kind of list their products and take a cut out of that. There, there are a lot of ways to, to make money from a platform uh, to cover the costs that don't involve charging the pet service providers and that's you know that's the goal i i just wanted to to have the listeners hear hear the heart and the intent once again of of this being a a place you know whether it's another place or the place that you choose to post your services uh that if that's something you have been struggling with or or have been looking for new places to post services that uh this is this is sounds like it's gonna be a a really neat and, and wonderful option thank you hopefully (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I mean, the type of thing that I'm here to listen, I'm here to work with people, you know, if, if, if it's not working for certain reasons, if, if, if there is feedback or, or kind of friction in, in how it works and, and how people feel that the, the offering is, is set up, you know, I'm, I'm here to hear that, right? I'm here to help and fix that. As a pet sitter, what would be, I, again, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but just to clarify and hit it on the head one more time, as a pet sitter, what are my obligations to pause in if I list my services on it? Is there any information that is taken or any any part of services or anything like that that, that would have to be given to pause in? To be a good person. No. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's no, fine. Uh, I think I like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think, okay, there, there, there are certain aspects of the information that we gather. To be, a, to be a pet service provider, you have to give me your name, your address, your phone number your email address. And I think, uh, I, 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 and more or less, that's kind of the extent of it. I believe you probably have to list at least one service, just create your profile, but it's, it's really bare bones, bare bones minimum, right? And, and everything beyond that, whether you're including photos, whether you're incru- including testimonials, reviews, um, pricing, you know, all, all of that is intended to provide you with the flexibility to differentiate yourself. You know, your obligation to me is is simply that initial account creation. And then if you do complete a booking, which is paid for through the website, then I do take my $199 plus 3% cover the cost. But again, you can take that booking, you can have that booking, you can agree a booking through and, and communicate with your client on the platform and, and have that as cash or check offsite. 
know, that that's between you and the customer. And it's that flexibility that just is is really cool because one of the things with the, the bigger platforms like WAG or Rover is is that they have this lock in tendency exactly. where they right where they going off off platform is really really highly forbidden and actually gets you kicked off if you go right. off to if you do it too many times so it blows my mind right you know if the intention is if wag grove's intention is to create a an environment where where you are just matching people and you know helping out and, and taking some economics from it why would you do that um i don't get it no i do get it it's because that's how you you know create the market share that they've created and you know make it very difficult for for other businesses to come and disrupt you. Hopefully that's what I'm going to do. Now, uh, one of the questions that, that I had that I'm, I'm not sure if anybody else would, would, would care to know about, but um, you said you have some people working on developing it. Uh, what, what, what does the support look like in as far as like for the long haul, what, what is their track record for developing things and how is support given? If, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to name the developer. It's Happy Fun Corp. It's on the website. I just like their name. So, <laughs> no, they, they, they're good people. And, and honestly, they've been very supportive. They've, they've done um, a lot of work with, with fairly major companies. So they weren't cheap by any, by any means. But I wanted to make sure that what I was building was good. You know, they have regularly pushed me to understand how I'm going to get attention to this website and, and platform and get service providers on it because, you know, they typically don't work uh, on projects that they don't believe will be a, a success. But, you know, they they bought into, you know, they, they, they are pet owners themselves and they bought into kind of the rationale and they, they saw the they saw the, the, the potential the platform to to be an important part of pet service providers landscape. And I hope that provides some some comfort to to listeners who are thinking about listing on here because it takes it can take effort to invest in getting posting and and working on a, a new platform and so should provide comfort that it's going to be there for a while and that there are people dedicated to to working on it and making it the best that it can be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's something that they like I said, you know, they're constantly on me, tell, on me, telling me to to raise awareness for it, which is which is great. You know, they are they are uh, themselves a, a a good company and a a, a solid company and, and professional, right? They they provide me a, a lot of support. They've provided me with a lot of insight into how these things work and and how to kind of optimize the the user interface in a way that, you know, as, as I kind of said in, in, in one of the earlier questions, if, if there are any frictions, it's, this is on them and we're going to fix it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it shouldn't be, you know, we invested some money to have it tested. And even in that testing process, right, there was, there was a lot of people that said, this is, this is cool. When is it going to go live? But wait, it's going to go live soon. Well, very cool. I'm very excited about this and, and the, the trajectory that it has. Uh, Dennis, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us about your business and you know the, the really neat story of of getting into pet care uh, from from investment banker and and then this platform that you started and the passion that you have for it. If people have questions and they want to reach out to you or maybe check it out, how can they do that? I mean, so, so to check it out, it's it's hopefully fairly straightforward. Uh, right now, it's just web based, but the the you know if if you go on a, a browser on your on your phone, it should be fairly well structured as well. It's it's just pausein.com. Again, that's pausein.com. <laughs> and uh, in terms of getting getting in touch with me, it's it's Dennis at pausein.com. Uh, that's Dennis with a double N. Again, that's that's listed on the website. And and all 
you know, if you submit that contact form on the website, it's coming directly to me. So, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to engage and interact with people. You know, I'm, I'm here to make this a success for all of us. So, yeah, Colin, it's, it's been fantastic. You know, thank you so much for, for giving me the opportunity to, to tell my story. You're very welcome, Dennis. And, and we hope to have you on again to, to fill us in on, on the status update and, and, and touch, touch base again soon with you. Yeah, I would love that. I'd love that chance. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I think Dennis's story is just absolutely fascinating. Many of us have been growing our businesses to the point of where we hope to sell it one day, possibly to go on and do other things or do more things with pets. Dennis's story is on the other side of that. Someone coming in and buying a business so that he could be involved with pet care, which is something that a lot of us might not think about. I was really happy that Dennis was able to share some of that and his experience and what that was like for him. I also think that his venture into pawsin.com is something that will greatly benefit all pet care providers, something that is open and honest and is very straightforward for both us pet care providers and the potential clients out there. That's a good thing. We don't want to be behind walled gardens, and we are all looking for more opportunities and ways of getting in front of potential clients. And so I think this is a great way to move forward with that. So give it a look, check it out, and as Dennis said, reach out to him if you have questions or concerns and to determine whether it's right for you. Both Megan and I will be back on Monday with a new Kitchen Confession. Until then, have a good weekend. <laughs>